Hello and welcome back to episode three of Prime Your Day, Prime Your Life. This is Chris from Adamo Business Consultants and today we're going to talk about more steps to help you find, convert and keep clients like a habit. But today it's ethical marketing, marketing that focuses on people, planet and purpose. Here we go, we're going to step in with Chris Thornhill today from Growth Animals to help you understand more about ethical marketing. Enjoy. This year we've heard about COP26 and a lot about sustainability, but is marketing ethical? How many times have you gone into a marketing message and just begin to feel a little bit strange about what they're asking you to do and whether or not it's genuine? Today, I've got Chris Thornhill today from Growth Animals, and he is an absolute expert on ethical marketing. Welcome, Chris, to our little Zoom chat today around the concept of ethical marketing. Are you good today? Yes, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And it's such an important topic, both for, for now and also for the future. Uh, how long have you been doing this in terms of ethical marketing with Growth Animals, Chris? So we started up, uh, it was a year ago in September. And really, when we started up as an agency as Growth Animals, the whole ethical marketing thing really jumped to the fore for us because we started it in the heart of the pandemic when people were really becoming more sort of conscious around the need to act ethically, the need to act sustainably. Um, and actually, you know, one of the one of the sort of triggers that led us to do uh, Growth Animals in the first place was a philanthropic act where we did a bit of free consultancy for a charity. So. It just felt right. It was baked into us from day one and something that we could really feel uh, very passionate about. Yeah, I do believe there's sort of this pause reset button we've all been sat on. And it's been such a big pattern interrupt that it has changed psychology a lot around marketing, what's important to us and also what people are having affected uh, by them. So to help us understand what is ethical marketing, Chris? So in a nutshell, ethical marketing is marketing that is inspiring and helpful, not manipulative or intrusive. And in practice, what that means is, is two real things. So one is having ethics and sustainability baked into the core of the business, the core of the brand, so that when you're trying to get your business engaged, you know, your employees engaged, your shareholders, stakeholders engaged, there are proper ethical and sustainable values that you are proud about, that you want to champion, you want to shout about. And therefore, in your marketing, you know, some of the messages then, then shout about said things. The other side of it is tactics. So we'll all be familiar with tactics from uh, businesses that just feel a little bit shady. You know, when you're on a, a travel booking site or an events booking site and you're being told, you know, you must buy now, there's only three available or there's five other people looking at this ticket right now. These are the sort of tactics that are effectively false scarcity. You know, scarcity is fine when you genuinely only have two of an item left, but it can't be that they're scarce every single day of the, of the year, which is what it seems with a lot of these travel sites. Absolutely. How many times we sat on the plane and somebody says, so how much did you pay for your ticket then? And then suddenly you feel, oh, <laughs> I've been well and truly duped here. All right. Exactly. I love that word um, manipulative uh, and such a powerful word there. So, all right, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Marketeers, marketing, we're all eventually trying to kind of sell stuff. So how can we be ethical in marketing without being manipulative? 
Yeah, so I think a lot of the manipulative comes along from this pressure that that people and particularly marketers are under for short-term wins, short-term sort of sales targets, all this sort of thing. But actually, if we take a longer-term view of it, then that pressure comes off and you can therefore put more focus on the more inspiring, educative, uh, helpful messages. And those, you know, have been shown over time to develop better long-term profitability. They create better brand ambassadors, people who want to shout and champion your brand. So, so that I think, you know, dispels the almost, let's say the motivation to do the manipulative tricks. Um, and then, you know, on, on the other hand, the other side of this is that, you know, there's, there's so much positive messages that can be put out by marketeers and by brands and by big businesses. You know, they've got a role to play here where it's not just governments that shape change in society businesses and brands have the power to shape change in society and so if they can be championing positive progressive uh, values then actually that can roll down to consumers and can have a genuine positive good in communities and in societies uh, it's an interesting one and particularly i think in terms of you know social and the manipulation of some pe- some young minds and mm. i think we can both i know we talked about this the sort of slight backlash or feelings towards Facebook and some of the social sites as to how they're really playing with their tactics of algorithmic um, technology to try to leverage benefit for themselves. So do you see that sort of happening in the future is that consumerism is going to put pressure on some of the brands to react? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're seeing a lot at the moment, I think, with, uh, you know, what you what you've just talked about, that that manipulation from social media giants. It's taken a while for people to cotton on to that. Um, I think the the Cambridge Analytica scandal shone a light on it. And that was a few years ago now. Um, I think roughly this time last year, there was a lot of noise around the social dilemma, which was this uh, documentary on Netflix, which again spoke to a lot of people that were within Facebook or within Google who'd been part of that system, but had decided it wasn't ethical and therefore stepped away. Um, this year, we've seen Frances Haugen, the Facebook whistleblower, going on her tour of, of Europe. And and part of this is because governments are now waking up to it, but also consumers are waking up to it. And therefore, there's no longer an acceptance that this is how we we should be allowed to be manipulated as people. And so I think what we're seeing now is that that therefore trickled back to the businesses and businesses are having to rethink whether it is actually acceptable to use such um platforms to promote their messages when it has so much potential to do negative harm mm. yeah I, I think in the sales context we're, we're three times more likely to tell somebody of a of a dissatisfactory or a negative emotion connected to a purchase than we are about a good one so well there's a lesson for you uh, if you really antagonize your customer base then it's going to cause you more harm uh, than good so i don't want to spend the whole time um sort of you know gossiping about bad stuff but let's talk about some of the good stuff who would you like to champion or even some examples of some campaigns that you've done that you consider to be really ticking the box of ethical marketing yeah so my my favorite at the moment i'd have to say is lush the cosmetics company because they've always been very good anyway they've had um some really strong values at the core of their brand and um for the last few years now they've had some lovely initiatives whereby 
um, consumers of Lush have been incentivized to recycle the plastic that packaging that their their products come in. You know, they've had schemes whereby if you send back five pots of their um, their packaging, then you'll get free face mask or uh, coupons off your next purchase, all these sorts of things. So just try and encourage that that better behavior, both from from them, but also from the consumers. And they've also now taken a stand on the subject we just discussed. You know, they they announced last week, I think, or the week before, that they're stepping away entirely from social media, which is uh, is a bold move because they have over 10 million followers on that platform. And so, while it is still ultimately just one channel of a bigger marketing mix for a brand as big as them, you know, it's still a lot of potential short-term commercial loss from stepping away from that channel because the truth is they will be making sales through that channel as well it's not just about an awareness driver but they've taken the long-term view to say actually it's unacceptable for a brand like us that we could be peddling our messages on platforms that have a negative effect on people's mental health and so therefore we're taking the long-term view and fully stepping away from it which you know i, I very much applaud well, that's a great sense of perspective they got there. And they're also perhaps playing a long game there. Mm. Uh, and by the way, if it is Christmas time and you're just searching for the present, maybe a gift pack from Lush is a good thing to get somebody. Okay. Uh, some phrases that we've talked about, greenwashing and wokewashing. Just help me unstrip some of that language then in terms of what that means and why we're talking about that. Yeah. Uh, so greenwashing is a term that's been around a little while now because uh, I think it really came to the fore around the VW diesel scandal. So it was a classic example of a brand that um, put out plenty of messages to say that they did clean diesel. But what very quickly emerged was that they very much did not have clean diesel and that they were actually covering it up. So that was your sort of real worst case scenario of greenwashing. Uh, but I think the other the version that we're also quite familiar with is is a lot of the big fuel companies, for example, the Shells, the BPs, etc. They do invest in in green initiatives, which is great, but the reality is that it's often a very small share of their overall investment, and they're still investing vastly bigger sums, bigger multiples behind fossil fuels uh, extraction. And so it's a classic example where they talk the green game, but in reality, what they're doing is is very different. Okay. Um, and then woke washing is the other yeah, one. I, I haven't it? heard this before. And I think you asked me to to use the term with my my kids. I, I'm yes. feeling really woke today. I have to confess I haven't done that yet. But uh, help us understand what woke washing is then. Of course. Yeah. So woke is a term that's used um, as a negative by the right wing media and as a positive often by the left wing media. Um, but in its simplest form, I guess it's to say progressive. So it would be um person or business that is very sort of progressive around things like lgbti views diversity uh environment again sort of covering a wider sort of spectrum of progressive views and and the classic example of woke washing be you know there was when uh when black lives matter came to the fore when the george floyd um, incident took place and a lot of people were getting behind it for the first time and doing things like putting a black tile on their social media that was often referred to as woke washing because a lot of the times it was brands or businesses that were jumping on this bandwagon putting a tile on their social media when in reality 
They had absolutely no diversity on their boards or even in their wider workplaces. Okay, so we have to really scratch below the veneer and find out how the real DNA of the business is working to find whether or not they're truly ethical marketeers and, and, and an ethical brand. Yes. yes okay, exactly. so let's just say you're in a board meeting and, uh, you know, they bring you in as the sort of the ethical marketing campaign manager. Uh, and then, you know, the board sits there and goes, you know, Chris, we, we, we're really not interested in this. Ethic. We just want to make money, but we just want to look good. How do you help them bridge the gap between perception and reality? I guess the two things, really, you know, if faced with, with someone like that with such entrenched, very, let's say, simplistic views, you, you try to persuade them of the benefits of thinking wider. So, you know, the first thing is your consumers don't think like you. You know, for the vast majority of the time, the consumers are thinking far more progressively than the people in the boardroom. And so, therefore, if we can start to bring the people in the boardroom around to almost talk the same language as the consumers, then there's a clear commercial gain for said boardroom because they're going to be appealing more to the potential customers that they want to reach out to. And then the other thing is that kind of long-term view that we talked about before, you know, that 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 puts the businesses far better stead than thinking purely from a short-term profit point of view. Mm. Um, you know, that, that kind of triple bottom line approach of thinking about people, planet and profit together rather than just profit in that short-term sort of approach. I love that. So it's not all about EBITDA anymore. It's also about people and planet that together creates a good profit outcome for basically humanity as a whole yes exactly exactly that okay and i understand you in particular are advocates of b1g1 and you've got some great outputs that you uh, really live and breathe in your own business tell us about b1g1 and how we can get involved in in things like that chris yeah so the nice thing is that there's loads of fantastic brands and, and initiatives like b1g1 out there right now so if you're uh, a small business, a big business, and you're thinking, wow, this also really overwhelming, I don't know where to start. There are really simple initiatives out there. So B1G1 is a, is a classic one where um, they have thousands of projects across the world. And the idea is that you can go onto their website, you can find a project that appeals to you, and you can link it to your commercial wins. So the idea is that you're always thinking, you know, when you have a a commercial win that's going to gain you profit, there's a positive impact that does a, a, a wider good to the general world or community or local community or whatever you want to do. So the example for us is that when we win a new client, we give a week's worth of free nutritious meals to um, underprivileged families in the UK. But also, you know, when we've got smaller wins, so for example, when someone signs up to our mailing list, we even make a small contribution to uh, music lessons for state school kids as well. So it means that whenever we have any sort of win, whether it's small or big, we always have these nice positive impacts that are paired with them. Yeah. Uh, and actually, we both met at a, uh, a networking group that I go to on a Monday called Networking for Good. And that networking group in itself has now actually contributed 140,000 impacts to global initiatives, things like running water, education for children, solar power in disconnected communities. Uh, and I really advocate anybody who wants to go networking, come to Networking for Good on a Monday morning. That's my uh, sales pitch over for that. Uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you about 
your three non-negotiables about ethical marketing. And while you sure. think about that, I'm just going to put your uh, slide details up here so that if anybody wants to learn more about the growth animals, this is where you can find Chris. He is the co-founder and CEO of the Growth Animals. And if anybody's on the podcast, it's Chris at growthanimals.com url is the same growthanimals.com and you can find him on linkedin which is christopher thornhill and we both had a laugh about uh, being called christopher when we were both being admonished uh, as as children or in the boardroom so um christopher <laughs> <laughs> what are your three non-negotiables when it comes to ethical marketing that uh, you just really annoys you when you see people doing something that's not congruent with the value of ethical marketing well the first one is is the bigger one of just don't do harm it, you know there's certain times when you just think oh my goodness what are the messages you're putting out there they're just not they're not not positive in this world so don't do that um there's a lot of there, there's I'm, I'm pleased to say there's quite a lot of marketing agencies ad agencies and so forth that are positioning themselves in this kind of very sustainable space nowadays i think that's the right way to go um but a lot of them also are quite militant in saying you know there's certain industries we won't work with you know we're only going to work with the good guys whereas actually uh, we come from an angle of if you've got the intent and you want to improve you know we want to help you do that so as long as people are not doing blatant harm that's that's got to be number one um the second one is the tactics you know yeah I, I think often often the the problem with marketing or the negative perception marketing has is that people end up doing tactics just because they've always done them that way or they feel like everyone else does it that way you know that kind of false scarcity example i mentioned before yeah i'm sure that a lot of the travel brands and events brands do it because all of their competitors do it and therefore feel like they have to but actually you know, if they're willing to just take a step back and think about, hmm, is this entirely ethical? Is there a better way? Is there a more inspiring way of putting our message across? Then that's great. I think that's really important. And the third one is to think about the values behind the brand. You know, uh, we want to work with brands that want to make positive improvements, want to sort of improve society. So even if you, you can't think that you're doing anything brilliant right now, just having the intent to do something positive and make a positive change and therefore bring that out in your marketing that that's brilliant that's what we're after okay so harm tactics and values and looking forward to 2022 where do you think the pulse of, of ethical marketing is going what are, are going to be the big initiatives or strategies or things that as a community of business owners, we should be thinking about trying to inspire others to take seriously for 2022 and onwards. I think um, one of the big areas that's going to continue to rumble on is environment as a very specific area. You know, there's real positive momentum in that way. Uh, I think, you know, a year ago, two years ago, it was the sort of the buzzword or the, the area that that brands would jump on because they knew it was the sort of sexy area to try and attach their brand to. But what I think we're seeing now is that very quickly being uh, a sustainable brand is, is going to vastly become a hygiene factor rather than a competitive advantage. So if you're not making strides to make sure that you're reducing your carbon footprint, that you're even looking at the suppliers you use, the products you use, et cetera, et cetera, that will come back to bite you fairly quickly. Yeah, and it, it's about then 
having that sort of forensic insight to say, this isn't just something that's sort of on the wall as a kite mark, but actually we believe this in everything that we do. And therefore we're gonna map the customer journey from, from the start to the finish. And then after that, to make sure that wherever anybody goes, we are living and actually uh, experiencing that value, not because we want to win customers, but because it's what we believe in our hearts to be something that's really ethically true in our business. Exactly right. Exactly right. And okay. I, think that's what, I think that's why you see there's such a surge right now in businesses trying to become B Corp accredited because, you know, they, they, they accept the fact that it's, it's hugely important to their consumers but it's also really important to the people who work for them so therefore it becomes this overall really motivating thing to get behind okay and if anybody doesn't understand what e-corp is what, what what would that be chris so b corp sorry yeah b -Corp b -Corp, is sorry the, is the for-profit accreditation which is a sort of uh a symbol of being a business for good so uh it started i think just about 10 years ago and has very quickly accelerated uh to become the sort of accreditation for for-profit companies um it's kind of it's noticed it's almost like the uh, acknowledgement of the fact that whereas previously to do good you had to be either a charity or a social enterprise is the fact that now for-profit companies have this role in doing good and often want to do so okay all right. Well, very good. I, I, I really enjoyed the chat here. I've actually learned some things as well. Uh, Chris is Great. a really big pioneer of this uh, subject. If you're sitting in a company and you just have a yearning to allow yourself to be more ethically minded, have a one-to-one -one with Chris. He has got some very good insights and some thoughts, and he's also doing some great work with his brands already. Uh, Chris, any closing remarks for your audience, how to find you, what to do, uh, or, or just how to live 2022 more ethically? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously we'd love to have a chat with you if, you, if you're interested in this area. Um, and other than that, I think just always take the time to think about what you're doing um, and take a step back from some of your tactics and think, actually, is this okay? And, and you might often reevaluate them. But yeah, get behind all the sort of good stuff and try and pair your commercial successes with positive impacts in, in society. And that will make your business a, a far more positive place to be around. Love it. Well, remember, one of my adages is find, convert, keep clients like a habit. And today, keep clients in an ethical way. Chris Thormhill, been great sharing the screen with you today. Have a good rest of the year. Been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you, Chris. So there it is, the conclusion of this week's episode of Prime Your Day, Prime Your Life, all around ethical marketing. What will you do to challenge your business to be more ethical through people, profit and purpose? Look forward to hearing your comments. Please share, like or comment on this Prime Your Day, Prime Your Life production. This is Chris from Adamo Business Consultants. Find, convert, keep clients like a habit and have a great rest of your day.